Let me tell you the story of Hernhut, a small city in eastern Germany. In 1722, a small group of Bohemian refugees, Protestants, who were persecuted and dislodged, simply looking for a place to live where they could practice their beliefs, came to the door of Count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf, who was a rich nobleman who was brought up in the Pietist tradition. Pietists are those who believe experiencing Jesus is critical. He also was taught to care for the poor and the needy, so he agreed to let these refugees settle on his land. And they called their new village Hernhut, which means the Lord's Watch. It took about five years for their newfound prosperity to degenerate into warring factions. So by 1727, they were in a full-on, community-wide verbal firefight. The more they knew each other, the less they loved each other. Things escalated to the point where minor points of doctrine became major points of contention. Finally, Count Zinzendorf intervened and attempted to mediate in the conflict and work toward reconciliation. He tried to find out what they hold in common that could hold them together. And they produced the brotherly agreement where they agreed to let Jesus be their unity and to not fight and devour each other on lesser matters. On May 12th, they signed the brotherly agreement and three months later, on August the 13th, 1727, They were having a communion service, gathering around the table, and they saw the divisions among them as an affront to the heart of Jesus, and they were cut to the heart. They experienced what they later described as Pentecost, an outpouring of the Spirit as they were broken and desperate before the cross of God's love. This experience transformed the inhabitants of Hernhut as they now learned how to love each other. They read scripture together every day, and this is the critical part. They began a -a 24-hour-a-day prayer meeting, which lasted, without interruption, for a hundred years. Their community numbered around 300, but they ended up sending like 30 people to the nations at a time when the Church of Jesus really wasn't even thinking global missions. And now, missiologists looking back view this little church in eastern Germany as the birthplace of the modern missionary movement. A good example of the passion of this community would be two young unmarried Moravians who, in order to always have the gospel and scripture with them, they had memorized the New Testament and then they sold themselves into slavery in order to reach lost slave masters with the gospel. And as these two young men were sailing away from their loved ones, probably forever, they exhorted their families to strengthen their grieving hearts with this beautiful sentence. Shall not the lamb receive the reward of his suffering? Later, John Wesley met some of these Moravians on a ship sailing to the Americas, and in the middle of a storm where he believed he was going to die, he saw firsthand their courage as they calmly sang hymns to God while he was terrified for his life. So he was in total panic, and the peace of the Lord rested on them. After he got off the ship, he was doubtful about the state of his soul, so he inquired of these believers, and he traveled to Hernhut to investigate. He had to find out what in the world they possessed that he did not, and in 1738, he wrote in his journal, "'Today was the intercession day when many strangers were present, and some came twenty or thirty miles. I would have gladly spent my life here, but my master has called me to labor in another part of the vineyard.'" And then he ends this little brilliant 
journal entry with this sentence, when shall this Christianity cover the earth as the waters cover the sea? And it all came out of prayer. Prayer. Do you know what would happen if we had an entire congregation that was full of the Holy Spirit, who feared nothing but God and hated nothing but sin, gathered together in one place in sincere accord, praying, let your kingdom come. If in the old inferior covenant, the mountain of Horeb shook, then let me make this supposition. If an entire congregation full of the Holy Spirit, fearing nothing but God and hating nothing but sin, were to gather, humble ourselves, seek God's face, I suspect that the earth would tremble. Acts 4.31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, the Lord's work must be done in the Lord's way. We're not going to get their results if we do not follow their paths. If we devote ourselves, commit ourselves like a pit bull with a bone, to praying together, I'm pretty sure we'd see miracles, we'd see signs, wonders, we'd see intense and increased evangelism, we'd probably see more persecution, but we'd see more holiness, we'd see increased generosity, increased sharing with one another in times of need like this one, we'd see more forgiveness of sins coming home in deep ways to folks struggling with shame. We'd see broken relationships reconciled. I believe we'd even see the oppressive demon of debilitating depression lifting off of some folks. And I bet you we'd more than just tie their money, we'd tie their members to global missions. We'd have some folks who had been in the presence and heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Blood-bought as they are, their spirits would rejoice and say, Here I am, send me. Do we really understand what is on offer, what kind of power is available, what kind of people we might become, what kind of Jesus culture we might embody on the earth in these days, so that in the days to come, in the kingdom to come, there could be a day when Jesus turns to somebody on his left or right and says, hey, you ever heard the story of Gateway? And then he just tells our story, exactly the same way I just told you the story of Hernhut. Why not? Why not us? Why not here? Why not now? See, Jesus isn't just calling us to more activities. He's always calling us to himself. Our main job is to host the presence of the Lord. And because of that, Oswald Chambers is right. Prayer doesn't fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work.